Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Rhode Island Avenue Radio for episode 34. Where I, we've set a new record. Of course, we every, have. Every, we every have. week is a new record. Every week is a new record. I wasn't here last week, so I was thinking, oh, it's 30-something. So. 34, 34. Yep. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, beautiful week uh, in D.C. Spring is. is wonderful here. Uh, Rhode Island Avenue is uh, quickly becoming uh, one big bloom of, of things. So it's looking great. It's looking great. Um, some quick announcements before we get to all of our wonderful guests today. Um, first off, thank you to our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Their grants uh, make this show possible, uh, as well as all of the work that Rhode Island Avenue Main Street does to support small businesses along Rhode Island Avenue Main Street. So a uh, big shout out to them. Um, we've got, uh, some things coming up. Um, Porch Fest is on April 16th, uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. Uh, that is live music on, uh, porches up and down Rhode Island Avenue. Um, and those porches look like, uh, business outdoor seating porches. Uh, we've got some residential porches just off the avenue, um, that are hosting some, some musicians. Uh, and we've got a great sponsor from um, from Zipcar. They are going to um, bring a few of their vans over for the day and act as uh, shuttle drivers for us. So we're very excited about that. We'll get, That'll be a good time. Yes, we'll get people up and down the avenue to all the different venues. Uh, if the, it's a long stretch, um, you know, we're going to have musicians all the way down by the metro tracks and then all the way down here by 24th and, and Rhode Island Avenue. So. We want to make sure people can get to get to where they want to go on time. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of easy walking in between venues, um, but in case you need that extra assistance to get around, we will have shuttles for you. And again, that is April 16th from two to two to six p.m. Um, and uh, for those of you who have not already heard the news, Rita's is open for business. The, ah. se- the season has officially begun. Yes. Rita's is open for business. Yes, um, it's spring. You know it's spring when Rita's opens. Yes, yes. Uh, just despite the, the snowy, uh, well, the attempt at snowy Sunday, um, it's, it's all good. Spring, spring is officially here. Um, so with that, um, Michelle? Introduce our first guest. Yes, today we have Kristen Arant, also known as the Drum Lady from Hands on Drums. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. So why don't you tell our listeners about Hands on Drums? And uh, I think it's maybe self-explanatory why they call you the Drum Lady. Oh, mm. but maybe you can tell us a little about that as well. Perhaps. <laughs> it's a long story. Okay. Um, Hands on Drums is a, is a pop-up store and an arts empowerment initiative that celebrates and supports the work of Ghana craft makers while delivering hands-on drumming experiences to uplift communities. That is basically our mission. And so the drums come from Ghana? They do. Okay. And a lot of beautiful craft items, such as clothing, jewelry, um, lots of batiks, mud cloth, what, what's fresh a batik? shea butter. Um, that's a, an artistic um, a craft in um, a lot of places in, in the world, 
actually do batiks, but it it's wax print. Um, so a lot of the beautiful fabrics that you see in African stores have um, these wax print batiks. Um, and so we're just really excited because um, we... MRP and Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and Recreative Spaces have basically come together to help us um, get this new store space on Rhode Island Avenue, and we're just really psyched about it. That's great. And what will you all be doing there? So you said the drums come from Ghana, and uh, I guess some of the money goes back to some of the people. Yes, so the way it works is... um, my husband is, is Michael Owusu, Michael Kweku Owusu, we call him Kweku, and he's from the Art Center in Ghana, and this is a place that um, it has changed over the years, but it has always been known as this sort of lively um, marketplace and a place where you can find people doing um, traditional craft works. So building instruments is one of those, but also um, doing batiks and um, there's a lot of tailors and sewers there that make clothing. Um, and there's jewelry makers and there's artists who do paintings and masks. And um, what's happened in the past few years is, um, unfortunately, this, this place called the Art Center in Ghana that um, we have a really a heart connection to because um, it's family and friends, the craft workers who live there. And Kweku was actually one of them um, before he had the opportunity to come here um, to try and build some support for the programming that he was doing there and for the craftspeople there. And that's actually what's happening through Hands on Drums. But um, my segue is that over the past few years, the community, um, the government has been coming in and um, sort of bulldozing sections of it. And we don't know why. Um, and so when we go in and do an order, we're doing direct trade. Basically we're negotiating with the people in the community for their price, their best price, and then adding tips on top of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really great because we feel like we're, we're helping to support these folk in this time when they're not even sure if they're going to be able to live there mm-hmm. or how long they're going to be able to live there. So, um, so that's, that's where that's the mission. That's of, a, that's a big that's part a of it. Yeah. That's the Ghana part. Yeah. You, you had described <laughs> your, or I had heard that you were described as a drumming activist and I wasn't sure what that meant. Oh, that's but, cool. Um, yeah. Drum, you're a drumming activist. If you didn't know that. <laughs> that's cool. This sounds like activism. So that's yeah. certainly a part of it. Yeah. Definitely. So tell us about uh, some of the other pieces. Well, part of it is, I guess if you talk about how I met Kweku here in the United States, it was because of um, my organization, YDEP, we call it for short, but it's the Young Women's Drumming Empowerment Project. It's a long title, but it it's been around since 2005. And this is another type of drumming activism. It's bringing, um, holding space, safe space for young women to come and try drumming, specifically West African drumming, um, and to, I guess, um, get an idea of their power um, and not be afraid of it. And then um, 
they are we bring in artists who do poetry and singing and songwriting and um some acting and uh it's it's really amazing because the young women who come often have a pretty big transformation over the course of it and it's it's a summer program and we've been running it since 2005 so some when Kwaku came here um someone told me about him because he works with youth in Ghana um teaching them how to build drums that's one of the things that he did when he was there is the youth flocked to him and some of them were really young like kids um street kids in fact so someone thought it would be cool for us to meet because the drum of, lady should meet the drum maker right? exactly yeah <laughs> so um so that's uh, a big part of why I'm who I am and um why I've I've been basically self-employed for the past 10 years um because uh the work is is so important but then also there's a lot of people in and around DC and the surrounding areas in the region who um have heard about who hear about the work or who see it um and so then they want they want to be a part of it and i love that that aspect is really important to me is just bringing people in um and teaching them about the drum and about themselves and their power through it and my focus has always been girls and women so that's a big part of it i have a or a band uh, an all women's West African drumming group called the Ballet Belly Rhythm Collective. Oh, so cool. that's another piece of my work as well. When I was looking at one of your videos, I noticed a couple of things. Um, oh, you watched my video. I, I watched a video. I did. And I saw uh, that there was some singing and chanting. And it yeah. definitely had, I, I only looked at a little bit of it, but I, and it definitely felt like an African vibe. So that doesn't surprise me what you're telling me. But uh, tell me a little bit about the singing and the chanting. All of the songs and is that required. Mm. Um, oh, are you, you saying that you don't want to do that? You don't. You don't have to sing. Okay, yeah, I don't have to sing. Okay, I'm just okay. Well, not on the show today. Okay, good. But good. Um, what happens with the singing is, um, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. You Maybe have to not experience. Planned. Is it? it kind of just something that you, you've got to experience it? Because okay, if you come in and you experience drumming, that's great. You're going to feel great. You're going to get uplifted. You're going to feel connected to everybody who's, who's, who's showed up, even if they're people who normally you would never even look at or talk to on the street. Hmm. So all of a sudden, you've broken a barrier right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when the singing starts, then it goes higher. It goes into the spiritual realm. And it's not necessarily because the songs are spiritual songs. Um the songs are secular, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking about whatever the occasion is that the rhythm was created for. Um, the rhythm and the dance was created for a special occasion. That's the tradition that I've studied, the Malinke drumming, is that the drum is part and parcel to the community. It's not an art form. And it's a community service drum also. So basically it's there to um, to bring people together and to be in service of the event or whatever that's happening. So, but what I'm saying is that even even the songs that are not about God or the universe feel like they are when you sing them together with hmm. people. Okay. You know, and so then I guess it just raises the vibe another level. That sounds interesting. Yeah. One of the other things that struck me, uh, when I think of drumming, I think of loud 
loud, 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 bang, bang, bang. And I noticed how, (laughs) I mean, that is sort of what you think, right? I mean, I had kids too, so, you know, (laughs) when kids get, but I, there was some softness. Um, That was really In my videos you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. That, I'm so glad you said that because, um, you know, I, I was an oboe major. Okay. So the, I didn't start drumming until I was 25. Um, and so before that, all of my orchestral background that I had, um, there's so much nuance and there's so many dynamics in that, in that music. So I wanted to, or it wasn't even necessarily a mission. It just happened Mm -hmm. to that. I, to bring the dynamics and the levels and all of that to drumming. So it's not just loud. Right. Um, so that's a big piece of it. Because I was, uh, pleasantly surprised to hear some of the. The soft sounds of, of the oh drum. Oh my gosh, that's great. That, that makes my heart feel good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let our listeners know about some of the classes. What, what yeah. can someone expect? I mean, someone that maybe never want, has done any drumming or anything. What, what kind of person are you looking for? What might they get out of it? What classes do you offer? We're looking for every person. Men and women, children. Of all levels of ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all ages and all backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And that is the purpose. It's the bridging of gaps happens when you bring people together in that way. And definitely through music. Music yeah. bridges. Yeah, exactly. And in a class, so my classes begin this Sunday at four at the new hands on drum space. Um, where is that space? So it's at 600 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast. And I'm so psyched that it's one block from the Metro. That's great. So people can have their drums as they're coming off the Metro. It's just the best. It's the best thing ever, really. I mean, we were in Ivy City for three months. We had, um, won the Storefronts DC grant from, uh, Cultural DC. And we had a really nice spot there. Beautiful, beautiful space, and we did so much with that space in three months that it was unbelievable, really. Um, but it was in a location that was difficult for some people to access. Right. So I just feel like this is going to make us I much mean, more accessible. Accessibility is a huge thing um, in 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 our work um, because yeah, we can't actually do our mission without being for, without every person being able to access us. So people that come, they can uh, take your classes, uh, they can buy drums yep. and, and different materials that will let them... Yeah, crafts, can, yeah. baskets, beautiful clothing, um, fabrics, jewelry, artwork. Uh, and so 10% of everything that we, that we um, purchase from Ghana, from the craft workers there, goes into... Young Women's Drumming Empowerment Project and Drumming Up From Poverty, which is the um, the mentorship program that my husband does with the youth in Ghana. So we're putting, t- you know, we're putting money towards those nonprofit projects through this sort of for-profit um, entity, which is actually called Drumming Empowerment LLC. It's, okay. a, it's our business name. But I had to come up with a store name when we won the grant. And okay. hands-on drums seemed perfect. That does seem perfect. Yeah. That, that seems great. Why don't you give our listeners your website, phone number, yes, because I'm sure yes. you said classes will start Okay, this so they start and- this Sunday, and I just wanted to say that anybody out there who is scared um, should come to my class. I'm a really good person for people who are scared. 
scared of drumming, scared of their own power, scared of, you know, not being able to do something right, scared of their own perfectionism or whatever. Um, I love working with people who have challenges because the successes that come out of it are so much greater than the challenges that came before it. Um, but all are welcome. And we have drums for people to use if they don't have them. Oh, that's And we have a sliding scale fee. So it starts at 15 to 30 per – it's an hour and a half class. It's a really great deal. And um, they're going to learn how to make beautiful sounds on the drum and put them together into patterns to create rhythms and how to layer those rhythms on top of other rhythms um, to create polyrhythm which is when things really get exciting. So if people take more than one class, if they sign up, it'll each class will build on... Yes, the classes the build and there are six in a row. Oh, okay. And um, so, so the, the idea would be to take all six of them. So that's, that, that would be best. Right. And right, it's recommended, can. but mm-hmm. it's, it's not absolutely it's not necessary. Required. You can miss a couple or drop in. Okay. Um, so we are handsondrumsdc.com. Okay. And more about me is at drumlady.com. Okay. And um, everything has been updated. Thank God. It took me, it takes me a long time to update my websites. I don't know if anyone else. I'm <laughs> like sure it, other it's people the last feel thing that I pain. think of. I'm like, I got to make the Facebook event, send out the constant contact email. Oh my God. Now I got to, everyone's going to look at my website. So I'm going to have to update it. So the website is up it's, to date. They're all and, updated. And um, Facebook. And yeah, uh, we're on Facebook as Hands on Drums. Uh, and. We are having an opening this Saturday for the new space, which the last thing I just have to tell you is that um, it was an old auto parts store that was full of junk and grease. Ah, okay. And now it is an arts, it's an arts empowerment center and it has paint and carpet and all the junk is gone. And I want to say that this happened in two weeks, wow. all by volunteer labor. That's and wonderful. I couldn't be prouder of that and more thankful to all of our sponsors. We, I just drove by there on my way here. We have a sign outside, an aluminum sign. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, hey. Anytime. <laughs> it That's looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing. So um, it's, it's hands on drums and more hands make less work and more hands bring, you know, bring people together across their differences and bridge gaps and help heal, heal communities. Right. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today. Listeners, remember Hands on Drums is located at 600 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast, just one block from Rhode Island Avenue Metro. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks. Ah, there we go. Okay, and now for our business specialist guest today. Uh, We are joined by uh, Mindy Mailman. Welcome, Mindy. Mindy is uh, an HR and uh, benefits specialist for small businesses. Um, Thank you for joining us today, Mindy. You've got a couple of... um, You've got a couple of things that you specifically wanted to talk about. Um, I do. I do. There are... What I would consider some hot topics 
um, that everybody in the com- you know in the HR community is concerned about and looking at. Um, of course, the Affordable Care Act everybody hears about. Um, I believe it's settling down. People are getting through larger organizations are getting through their filings. Small organizations, what they consider two to fifty employees. Um, do not necessarily have to offer employee coverage, but of course that doesn't, you know, override the fact that if you are a small business owner, you still need it for yourself. You still have to have right. the coverage right, for right. yourself. Um, but what is really in the wings right now is um, the Department of Labor regulations uh, concerning exempt employees, um, you know, employees who are not hourly employees. They would be salaried employees. So maybe um, a shift manager or exactly. something Exactly, like that. and that's shift managers. That would be exactly one of the, one of the roles that is concerning many employers. Um, People who the people who have previously been you know salaried and then they can work forty sometimes as a shift manager they might put in fifty hours a week. Um, it used to be that uh, the minimum salary was twenty three thousand six hundred, and if you were you know over that, you could be considered you know an exempt employee. The new regulations would be raising that to fifty thousand and four hundred and forty dollars. Wow! So that's a big concern uh, for if you have sales, sales support people, assistant managers, shift managers, people who have accounting businesses, um, some people in customer service. It covers a lot of areas. That if you have employees and they are not hourly, but in fact, you know, maybe you're paying them $42,000 a year as salary, you need to be careful because that no longer will, will be in the guidelines. Minimum. Right. Okay. Um, and so that's something that the regulations may be finalized any day, literally any day. Is something you should be plan- planning for and have planned, hopefully. And this is at the n- the national level. Yes, this is at the national level, um, and it's you know it's 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 a big deal. You should be you know sitting down and 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 looking at that because um, for a lot of small businesses, you, you may be talking about a lot of money. So are there are there regulations in place for, let's say, a small business that uh, maybe has, let's say, a half a dozen employees? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's the owner, obviously the manager, um, and he has somebody that acts as a de facto assistant manager, but they're still paid hourly. Mm-hmm. Are, are, there, are there rules about um, what what tasks somebody um, can an employee an employer can assign an hourly employee bef- uh, I'm not even asking this correctly I think uh, it, if if an hourly employee is doing certain work should they should they by law be moved to a salaried position no not necessarily okay 
No, and and I'll actually use myself as um, as an example from a few years back. Some of the much larger employee employers were anticipating some of this and, and, you know, go through whether or not they consider a position exempt or non-exempt. I was an analyst for a large employer. And, you know, my salary was above this. But the organization determined that because I did not have the capability of hiring and firing an individual. And in fact, there were two levels of management above me. You know, they reclassified my position so that I was made an hourly employee, Mm. you know, even at that large level. And that was also, they did it at that time, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about people who work in computers and IT um, because a lot of them would maybe be on call and, you know, the hours. You get into that gray area, and that's something else that is part of this regulation is you really need to start paying attention. Now everybody has a cell phone. Um, So what what hours are they actually working? What hours are they working if – you know, if they're answering phone calls after hours or if they're responding to emails after hours. Does that mean they're getting overtime? Right. Are they, is that time being reported? Are you counting it? Um, a lot of that needs to be considered, you know, especially for people who may be working in the accounting, you know, the accounting or that customer support field. You know, if they're not clocking out, and done with it. Mm-hmm. You need to be careful because there there will be a, some new regulation concerning that, possibly. Interesting, interesting. So, um, so this is something you know you you were talking about and having the position reclassified to an Correct. hourly position. Correct. Um, does that is there a deadline for for companies to determine that? I mean, can they? Let's say this this new regulation goes into effect. Yep. What well, I'm going to make up a date. You you probably have a, a very specific. It will be pretty immediate. There's no date at this point. Okay. That's that's what everybody's looking for. So let's let's but. let's pick an imaginary date. If it goes into effect June first, mm-hmm. um, if if a company uh, doesn't learn about this until let's say June fifth, and they are scrambling around and. Uh, deciding that they just need to reclassify everyone as hourly, um, does are they going to are they going to be allowed to do that, or are are things locked into place once they're once they're set? Um, I believe that you know I yeah that's, I I, that's I a don't gray area. know whether I you know I don't know that there's a pe- you know penalty or you know how the final regs are going to read it would have to be a, a grace would, period you would right think. there may there may be you know sort of a you know a little bit of a grace period yeah. for that you know if i were a, an employer i think all i would you know all you really need to do is make sure they're not going to go over that 40 hours right, right. you know that that's the real mm. that's the real catch there is 
that overtime. That yeah. overtime. So don't answer your cell phone or an email after if you're your a salaried employee. After right. Forty hours. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's you know. And that, that's that's tough. But because... that's something I would, as an employee, you know, and that's something that you should be thinking about as an employer is how it is you want to handle it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, thinking in my my own position, you know, I'm a salaried position, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, easily You're working all over the place. Uh, I, I, right. I easily work over forty hours a week. I happen to love my job, so it right. doesn't matter to me. But you know, that's. I, and it, it it's different as being self-employed. Sure. You know, don't don't forget we're talking about people who are working for employers. You know, yeah. we we do there is the recognition that as a small business owner or an independent you may be working, you know, 100, you know, hours a week. But that's just you. And, but that's just you. Yeah. So so um, is there a place where uh, small business owners can find out more information about this? Yes. Um, the Department of Labor, DOL.gov. Okay. Um, or I'm trying to think whether the D, even D.C., you know, D.C., if yeah. you go to those websites. Department of Employment. Um, for, you know, or you know, look for the Fair Labor Standards Act. Fair Labor Standards Act. Um, also, if if you're large enough, um, there are a couple of HR organizations. The Society for Human Resource Management um, is one. World at Work, which is more for larger employers. If, you know, you want to become a member or even just go to their web pages and check the front page of their web page. It it'll be there. Okay. It'll also be big news. Yeah. news. <laughs> so all of the you know, watch the news. The, yeah. the day it happens, it'll be on the news. The day and, the regs. Come and out. I imagine though there will be. There's got to be some implementation period where uh, state state representatives, federal representatives, do education, and yeah, that's just it's, the way it goes. You know, there's there's always the possibility that Congress or somebody could push it back, or they may have to or change it. Or maybe they it. won't do anything. <laughs> but, um, you know, and and the number I gave is the proposed regulations. That may not be the number that comes out in the final regulations. So, but it is important. But to keep it's an eye very out. important to keep in mind. Yeah, it's going to move. Is it every you know? small business has dreams of becoming a much bigger business, so it's good to know these okay. things. Correct. Um, so, in thinking about small business, yes. So you've had a lot of experience doing, uh, doing HR and benefits management for a variety of business sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to I want to come back to that in just a minute, um, but from the the Fair Labor Standards, Standards. Act um, for a small business that's you know looking to pay minimum wage, mm-hmm. uh, I know that we've had a minimum wage hike. Correct, and there will be another one. Um, July first, twenty fifteen, the DC minimum wage was moved to ten dollars and fifty cents. Right. And on July 1st of 2016, it's going to go to $11.50. All right. So. Listen up, employers. That's that's, that's something news. that's yes. right around the corner. Yep. Um, 
Yes. Uh, so July first, twenty sixteen, minimum wage goes up to eleven fifty. Correct. All right. Uh, um, slightly different if you have DC contractors. Different regulations, and it's a little higher, but. Okay. And where can they find out information about that? That is on the DC government uh, uh, page, dc.gov. DC.gov. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, off the top of my head, I can't. I, I think, think it was DOES. DOES, Department mm-hmm. of Employer mm-hmm. Services. Yep. DOES.dc.gov. Great, great. And we'll have some information about that coming out in uh, for for our business owners. Uh, we we supply you with a monthly email and a newsletter. So um, we'll include information about that in the next in the next newsletter too. Um, so for for small businesses. Um, from from an HR and benefits standpoint, small business looking to grow. All small businesses are going to start off with, you know, mom right. and pop behind the counter right. or mom and mom and pop and pop, whatever. Um, so what when when they are thinking about growing their staff, what what are a couple of things that they just really need to have in place when they start thinking about growing their staff? Right. Um, very important items to consider is putting together a handbook with all your policies and making sure you have policies in place, you know, calling in sick, you know, you know, whether you have vacation or don't have vacation, do you have, you know, leave, um, expected dress, uh, behavior, right, exactly, uh, you know, you know, behavior, all of, you know, all of the necessary things, you know, about, um, you know, being hired, you know, termination, reasons for termination, um, just, you know, all of that information, you know, for your employee handbook, as well, the big thing is planning, you know, it's really planning, having the handbook, having the appropriate policies, your EEOC policies, discrimination, all of those things that really need to be in there um, that are required by law to be in your right. your handbook. Right. Um, I would also make sure you have an application that's proper and meets, you know, current regulations in terms of questions um, about, you know, hiring disabled employees, EEOC, all of that. Um and then you need to have, you know, the proper insurance. Make sure you're going to get workers. Work, if you don't already have it, you're going to have workers' comp insurance. Um, you need to make sure you have everything set up for unemployment insurance. Of course, your payroll issues, uh, which are going to have your unemployment insurance, your Social Security, Medicare, all of that needs to, cut, you know, be taken care of mm-hmm. um, determine who's doing it are you still writing checks yourself or do you have an accountant or a payroll company doing it yep. um, very very important and there's so many regulations out there today I know I personally would never do it myself <laughs> <laughs> and, and you you know these things I I, I could do it myself but there's just no way I could see myself yeah. running a business and keeping track 
of legislation on every side. Yeah, uh, it, it, there's just yeah that that you know when a when a payroll services company has does that as their specialty and their and their business, it just makes sense to contract yes. it out. Yeah, they do it. They have their own attorneys watching. You know, Capitol Hill and all the legislation that comes out. Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. Um, and you do need to to pay attention, even in D.C., about things such as you know new regulations about sick leave. Um, there are those types of regulations, and it's just best to plan it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it bottom line you know that the minimum wage is going up. So starting July, you know, from July 1st on, you know, you should be able to figure out what your payroll is going to be. We yeah. know this already. Yeah. You know, that that information was available last year. Two uh, years update ago. those payroll budgets, folks. Yes. Yeah. You know, budget budgets should be updated to, to yeah. reflect that type of thing. And it makes it easier if you know ahead of time you know, what you're going to have to pay. (laughs) And and that's all part of human resources, which I think a lot of people don't recognize. Yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of people think they're going to open a business and they're going to sell pretty or useful things, and that's really all they have to worry about. But um, if you're going to grow, you got to have employees, and and with employees comes a whole other level of of administrative stuff. So. Well, Mindy, thank you so much for this information. Uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you uh, to pick your brain, hire you to help them iron these things out, um, how are they going to reach you? Um, preferably email. All right. And my email is Mindy, that's M-I-N-D-Y, dot Renee, R-E-N-E-E, dot M, and that's at Gmail. All right. Thank you, Mindy, so much. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you all. And this um, is great. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for uh, episode 34. And um, we will look forward to seeing you back again next week when we set a new record. Yes, episode for 35. 35. Thank you all. <laughs>